What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the Stand Up, Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by my bro ham from the same mom ham, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And of course, we got the ninth wonder, Chocolate Thunder, laying down the law and going in raw, the no condom wearing, STD daring, he'll risk a little clap so he doesn't have to fap, the phenomenal AJ Singh. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, guys, I usually start off asking you what you watch this week, but this week I'm going to do a little something different. I'm going to go first, just because I've been watching some stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um, so uh, since last we talked about TV, um, well, I I, I got to, I found two very good things that I watched, and one not so good that I'll get to. But I'll start with the good news first. You guys smell that? I smell a mystery. That's right. You guys know I'm a fan of almost everything Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, Mycroft Holmes, John Holmes. Well, now, Enola Holmes, bitch. I'm, of course, referencing Enola Holmes 2, the sequel on Netflix. Did you guys watch this by any chance? Is John Holmes a porn star? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you guys, you guys might remember, but almost certainly don't. The first Enola Holmes movie on Netflix, I was a little mixed on because I felt the the mystery kind of took a backseat. It was more of like a, a coming of age movie that you know centered around that rather, and the mystery you know wasn't really. It was just kind of in the background, and I liked that movie okay, but I liked this one more because I think that they got her introduction out of the way in the first movie. This one could concentrate a little more on the mystery. So I like that aspect of it. Um, you get a lot more Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. I mean, he was in the first one, but not nearly as much. And so you get those two interacting. And uh, it's just like a really charming, fun movie. Um, I, I'm hoping they make a third one. I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say, what, so they also, because it's, of course, you know, uh, in the Sherlock Holmes universe, this movie introduces their Moriarty. Hmm. And like, like I I get Moriarty is like a good character, but I don't like that like Sherlock Holmes doesn't really have a rogues gallery. It's just Moriarty basically, and like even when you think it's someone else, it's actually Moriarty like pulling that <laughs> other person's strings. You know, I'm like fuck, give him a rogues gallery, right? Moriarty always seems to like uh, you like does he you like always escapes or yeah he always escapes. He's always like one step ahead. It's just like I don't know. It's it. Who's that guy on MacGyver that he always thought? It was oh yeah, dead? Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like yeah. MacGyver like Murdoch would like get in a situation where it's like he had to have died. Like there's no fucking way he didn't die. And then he'll just like come back to life in another episode. You'll be like, how? <laughs> <laughs> he fell off like a three thousand foot cliff <laughs> into like fire, and yeah. then he was like, tigers ate his body, or so we thought. <laughs> um, but, but no, I, I just uh, is Sherlock Holmes in the public domain? Probably. I might have to write him a couple more villains because fuck, he needs them. Um, but yeah, man, Enola Holmes and uh, the the sequel, well worth your time on Netflix, I think. Um, so after that, you know, it put me in the mood for a mist. You know, I love a good mystery. And so uh, I uh, I was like, damn, I, I want another mystery show. But, like, I didn't really have one that I'd, I'd seen. But I was flipping around Amazon Prime, 
And I happened upon a, you know, a thumbnail of a mystery show I'd never heard of called A Private Affair. Now, this show um, is actually a Spanish language show. And so, like, I started it, and at first it had, like, the English, like, uh, dubbing, and it was fucking awful. <laughs> so, I, like, I was like, okay, I can't do this. So, I actually turned on, the like, the Spanish language track and watched the subtitles, and that was a, a lot better. Uh, trust me, if you do it, uh, that's the way I recommend A private affair. A private affair. So, it's set... Actually, I don't know if it ever says exactly where it's set. I think, like, the 1940s, probably, um, or, or so... Around there, anyway. So the show, like, centers around this woman who's, like, she, like, comes from kind of a wealthy family. Like, she's, I guess, an heiress, you would say. Mm. And, like, her father was a a detective. And so she kind of wants to follow in his footsteps. But, of course, like, society doesn't allow women to be, like, detectives. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those things. Um, So she, like, uh, basically, like... uh, Reads a lot of, like, crime magazines and stuff. And even, like, in this show, like, fashions, like, some of her own, like, uh, uh, detecting equipment, you know? And, like, uses chemistry and, and stuff. I mean, a little bit of that. But basically, it uh, um, she ends up, um, you know, as these shows do, she happens upon a murder, a stabbing. Mm. And so she ends up getting involved in this case, even though society doesn't want her to... <laughs> Um, but she ends up, it's a really, it's a, it's a fun show, but she ends up, um, Mamacita, no detecto. (laughs) I don't know why I had to say that. She ends up kind of, uh, convincing the family butler, um, who's played by probably the only person you might recognize. Michael Caine. That would be cool. Uh, uh, but always my, <laughs> he's always the butler. No, I believe his name's uh, Gene Renault. Uh, you probably the only thing you uh, are the thing he's probably best known to American audience for is he played Leon in that movie Leon, aka The Professional. Yeah, he's been in a fair amount of stuff, right? Um, and he's really good in it too. And uh, I mean, it's a breezy show, uh, maybe like eight episodes or so. I watched it in like a weekend, and it. It's just, it's really like a fun show. I, I I highly recommend it. And I think it just came out like this year. So I'm hoping like they make more. But even if they don't, it, it didn't leave on, a, it wasn't like on a cliffhanger, you know. Um, but I, I really had fun with it. You know, the interesting thing about that Gene Renault is like, I was like, isn't he French? And this show's in Spanish. And like his little bio on Amazon said like he was born in like Casablanca, which is in Africa to I believe Spanish parents but then when he was 16 like they settled in France hmm. so like I'm thinking he's like probably speaks like three languages mm-hmm. but I I just always thought he was a Frenchman <laughs> yeah. um but yeah that show was really good um so now you guys smell that it smells like shit <laughs> <laughs> um now as you guys know I signed a deal with the devil where I have to watch every superhero show ever made uh, but luckily, there's no t- time frame on it, so I can take my my, right. my time. Take it to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so this this only took me probably like a, a year and a half. I finally finished the final season of Supergirl. And who boy, let me tell you. Um, I mean, saying that they phoned this season in is, is I think, doing a short change to the phrase phone. Because <laughs> this was rough. I mean... I think Supergirl as a show is always somewhat flawed, but I have I found like a lot of the earlier seasons, you know, completely watchable and at times even enjoyable. 
But man, this last season, whew, it was rough. It like, I mean, that's why it took me so long to get through it. Like, I watched some and I was like, oh, I got to take a break from this shit. I'm burning out in general on superheroes. Man, imagine if She-Hulk was like much, much worse and six times as long. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do. And you would be getting the final uh, season of Supergirl. And plus, like, I think uh, as happens to these shows, I think their their budget was probably slashed too because, man, did the effects look Bad and cheap. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> I don't really, yeah. Um, I do not recommend the final season of Supergirl, to say the least. But you know what? Another one checked off my, my list. I think I have to be in rarefied air to be it, a guy that watched all of That is Supergirl. some determination. Like, it really I, is. I watched some of Supergirl. I watched some of season five, and I was like, Man, this is rough. Like, if you got to what season you said, how many? I think this was six. Man, like, if the writing continued to go down as it did. Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> you might have lost a few brain cells watching that. <laughs> and I had so few to work with. Man, yeah. Uh, whew. I, I'm, that was an, an endurance one. I'm, I'm glad that's over with. Um,. The only other thing I wanted to mention, not really uh, anything I watched, but uh, R.I.P. to the voice of my childhood, Kevin Conroy, voice of Batman. Batman. Man, only, I think they said 66 years old. I think he like died of cancer or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, it sucks. But uh, yeah, shout out. Of course, my favorite show, Batman the Animated Series. He was uh, the voice of Batman, and he also did the Arkham video games and a lot of like, I think he did quite a few of like, uh, I mean, at least a number of those, like, uh, you know, straight to home video, like, DC animated stuff, too. Um, so, yeah, that's my rigmarole for the week. You, you guys watch anything in- interesting? Man, I watched uh, seven hours of the God of War, like, storyline. It amazes me that you'd rather watch it than play it. Man, it is so, it's such a good story. It's like watching a movie. I mean, I'm sure it is, and I do want to play that eventually, but I wouldn't want to just watch it. I want to actually play it. I don't think I'll ever get to play it. Just with the nephews, like they'll never let me get to the TV and actually play anything. Maybe, I don't know. I, I still do want to play it Like in the future. like I don't know if it's going to be on PS4. I, I don't know if it's just a PS5 release. I, I believe it. No, it's both. It's PS4 and PS5 both. Okay. Yeah. yeah, then I'll get it on PS4. I think we, my nephews don't know this yet, but we got them a, a, a new game console. So they're going to be playing that probably from now on. And I'll get the PlayStation. So I'll start playing God of War, actually. <laughs> you, you don't have a TV in your room? Not yet. No, we have a TV, but we haven't put it up. Uh, you know, we just had the one big one in the living room. Oh, okay. But I can put one in my room. Um, but man, this storyline, this this game was so good, so fun to watch. It was it was just a blast. Like, so they introduced Thor early in the game, kind of like they did in the last game with Balder. Yeah, they actually um, the very end of the first game they introduce him. Oh yeah, right, they do, and uh, he he's just like uh, you know. He starts out, you know, you, you know him as a black and white, just evil Thor, like bad guy. He killed all these giants before, but uh, there is some. They flesh him out. They give him some development, and you you see like you know his sort of his side of things. He has a family too, so you learn like how he's doing in Asgard, and you know what Odin's up to in their personal lives and all that stuff. 
and it's just it's really just so much fun watching this whole this whole storyline get fleshed out you know uh everybody fits into it i felt like perfectly uh the hype was so so much for since the last God of War. Right, it was so good, and this one lived up to it. And I thought, you know, somehow met expectations, which were nearly impossible. Yeah, it sounds cool. I, it is always better when the villain, like, uh, you understand their motivations, yeah. and they're not just like a you know mustache twirling villain. You, right. you actually go, oh, okay, they have a side, you know. Yeah, and there's growth for all the characters. You know, like uh, they they go from like. Some people being, like, happy-go-lucky and almost, you know, like, they haven't had any troubles to, like, now they're burdened and they have, like, all this trauma from what's happening in, in this, you know, in, in the events that are happening in this game. And there's just so much, like, the, the characters, like I said, development, like, from beginning to end, they're, they're, they're completely different people, some of them. The only I, I listened to a few um, reviews of the game, and really the only knock I heard against it is apparently there's like a a sequence where you got to play as Atreus, like mm-hmm. the boy, and apparently like people don't find that that part of the game as fun. They find it kind of yeah, tedious or I something mean, like that. I think it's just that you know we're we're all used to Kratos, like he's just a fun person, the fun right. to play as. You know, Atreus is like he doesn't have the backstory of like slaughtering the olympic you know pantheon <laughs> right you know he's not this like out of control fun you know character he's just like a kid that's that's still learning his way but right and you know his powers aren't as cool like kratos is like he can go into rage mode in this game i don't think he goes into rage mode as much i don't think that's like his main power like it used to be but um uh atreus's power is more that he can like change into different things like he can change to like a bear or a wolf stuff like that and you know we've seen that in games before but i think that's like not as intriguing as kratos's whole you know story and his gameplay and people just like the character more and and christopher judge i think that's his name the character voice i think so yeah he's really good man this i mean i don't know what they do maybe they like do a little special effects with his voice afterwards but it just sounds great and the acting is great yeah like i know those video game awards they have each year like don't really mean anything but he uh was nominated for like best performance or whatever yeah it was really good the only real knock i had against the 2018 God of War is like I think like story wise and environment wise like it's probably superior to the older ones but I didn't find the actual gameplay as fun and it was definitely more difficult as well right right uh, I heard the the last one actually is harder than this one like, oh really it's played in like the hardest mode like this one's actually easier um, but uh, I don't know like yeah that game was uh, I don't know I can't. I can't say I haven't played them. You know, I just right. watched. The <laughs> well, another thing I didn't like about the the 2018 one, and I guess this is a very slight spoiler for that one. But if if you haven't played it or watched it by now, you're probably not going to. But you start off that game with like a um, an axe that kind of has the Mjolnir power, where you can call it back, throw it, and then call it back to him. Mm-hmm. And I like that extra, like, puzzles and stuff, yeah. but actually combat with it, I, th- I thought sucked, and I could never get the hang of it. It almost felt like that thing where you, like, rub your stomach and pat your head at the same uh-huh. time. Like, it was just always awkward, and I never got good with it. Okay. But then, luckily, eventually in that game, you, you get your Blades of Chaos back. Okay. And then, like, fighting with those is a lot better than fighting with the axe. Yeah, in this game, you do have, I believe, the Blades of Chaos. You have the axe. And you can also just fight with your fists. Like, there's there's a few ways you can do it, I think. Oh, yeah. You might have been able
able to fight with your fist as well in the other one. But, um, but yeah, I definitely like the blades better than the axe. Right. I mean, it is cool to be able to like throw the axe and call yeah. it back. But just like, yeah, fighting with it was always awkward. And then like, I'd lose track of it and be like, where? Oh, you can, oh yeah, I got, I got to call it back. And it's like, uh, you, it just feels weird to have a hectic fight with the axe. The axe is still like a, a major part of like the puzzles because you do have to like freeze stuff and like, you know, go back and like. That's cool. I, I like that element of yeah, it. Yeah, so you'll still have that. But uh, yeah, the Blades of Chaos, I definitely saw like half of the gameplay that I saw was with the game with the Blades of Chaos. So. I know in the first game, like the, the, like your skill tree, you could like build up certain parts of it. And, like, I actually built up the part where you could have Atreus, like, help you, like, shoot enemies with his bow and arrow. Atreus is more useful in this game. Like, yeah, I, I like doing that on the first game. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty powerful. It's like having, you know, a real ally with you this time. Like, somebody's equal in power. Man, just today I was playing more of Horizon Forbidden West. And, like, it's a good game, but I'm, I'm like, <sighs> some of these open world games with just so much, like, bloat in them, I'm like... I'm like, I want to finish it, but I don't like just like, you know, golden passing the game and just doing like the main, like I like doing the side missions and side quest things, but eventually like there, it's just too much. So in God of War, the side quests are really interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're fun. They're fleshed out really well. Like I've seen some of the quests like after the game is done even, and they're still really interesting. Like they go into like the past of Kratos and his wife and it reveals more information as to the story. Oh, that's so that's always good when the side missions like feel consequential. Yeah. Yeah. And feel worthwhile. Yeah. This is a really thoughtfully developed game. Really great. I know in the 2018 when like, I think I probably did most like the story side missions, but like, like when I finished the game, I had the intentions of going back and getting getting like all the collectibles and stuff, but I just never. Did. Yeah, I've never been one to do that. That's just always a little too tedious for me. I think uh, the game that I played like that the most was Fable, just because like it was an experience just playing that game. Like it was fun going to those little towns and they were beautiful and stuff like that. You know? Right. But otherwise, like uh, side quests, never. You know, I'm I'm about the main story, and especially with games like. Uh, Oblivion and Morrowind and stuff like that. Oh, all the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I, stuff, I yeah. never, yeah, I could never get to the side quest. I was like, man, what is the main story? I gotta right, do that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I love open world games, but some of them are just tediously yeah, like filled with stuff. For sure. That's why I, um, I've re- I really like both the Spider-Man game and Spider-Man Miles Morales games because of the those I hundred percented those. I like I did all the side routines and like. I don't know what my overall like time in those games were maybe like 30 hours or so like like you could actually do everything and, and you didn't have to dedicate yeah. your life to it you know and so th- those games are perfect as far as like time wise yeah i'm good with those games as well when it gets like 60 hours yeah then it's like man there's too much i haven't touched the tip of the iceberg with this game like you know it feels like there's so much to do even when you're like 20 hours in so yeah yeah it's just overwhelming um what have you been watching I don't think I've watched too much this week. I'm caught up on Andor. Well, let's talk. I don't think since you started watching Andor that uh, we've talked about it. So, like, what have you thought about it so far? I mean, it's been good. It's um, it's it's a very like human side of the story of like um, this guy who gets caught up in things and slowly he's becoming like a, a rebel leader. But like, he just goes through some shit and he's. A little bit squirrely. He's like a, a shoot first, ask questions later type of guy, which I liked. Uh, I like that quite a bit. And he's 
He's a bit of a rascal, and he's always <laughs> a rascal. <laughs> I don't know what to call him. <laughs> that rascal. <laughs> but yeah, if he gets like in a pinch, and he's like, "Yeah, if I don't kill this guy, you know, bite bite me in the ass," he just shoots him and just like moves on. <laughs> that rascal. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't take chances like that. <laughs> but. uh yeah, no, I I like the character and uh I really like the way they've handled the um the empire because they've actually shown like the people side. It's not just a bunch of kind of faceless stormtroopers. You got a lot of people with different ranks. Uh you have a lot of intrigue. Um but yeah, the empire you have you have people who are just like, you know, devout soldiers who are just like by the book. You've got people with low morals, you've got traitors inside the empire. Um one of the good guys, the rebel, he's kind of like a rebel leader. Like he's an organizer. He's trying to put things together, and like he's on the right side of things. But at the same time, he's got this like Machiavellian side where he'll fucking do anything. Like you're talking about uh, Stellan Stars Starsguard. Yeah, he's good in this. He is fucking really good. I love that scene in the latest episode where he, he has to like, uh, you know, that ship he, gets he him on the track. That guy. Beam. Well, the like tractor beam sequence and then he's got to fight oh right yeah like he uh yeah he escapes like uh or i don't know what they call him like the imperial uh right ship but yeah that was a that was a good scene but yeah yeah he's uh really like him yeah so supposedly like there's been a lot of debate online as always with like star wars fans where a lot of them are like this isn't Star Wars, like, because there's no, like, lightsabers and there's no, like, you know, childlike wonder or something. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there's not those things, but it's most definitely, like, feels like it's in that universe. And, like, I, I, I like the difference in tones. I like that you can watch this show and it's, like, kind of depressing and serious. And then if you want, you can flip on Mandalorian and yeah. you get something a little more lighthearted. Well, I mean, even if, if you go to, like, uh, you know, the first Star Wars movie, there, there's, like... Two people have the force, you know. Right. It's not not everybody has the force. So uh, this is a lot. Of, you you see some of the bureaucrats and the low level tactics and strategy, and it all feels like it's very smart. Yeah, it's it's it it feels more complex than some of the other Marvel right. stuff in, in a good way. And they've thrown in a number of other stories too that were really good. They had a heist slash suicide mission they had a prison break right like they've had some really uh engaging stuff in there yeah they've i think there's been 11 episodes so far and they've really like crammed a lot of like interesting stuff in those episodes i feel yeah it's it definitely feels rich yeah yeah i mean i haven't seen much of star wars but isn't it like galaxy wide their their empire like yeah. They're trying to take the entire galaxy, yeah, okay. pretty much. Yeah, so, I mean, there's got to be, like, a lot of different kinds of people and scenarios going on in this war. Right. Yeah, it can't just all be, like, Jedis and this and that. Exactly. That's why I find it kind of refreshing. I mean, I mean, yeah, seeing a lightsaber fight can be fun, but, like, not everybody in the universe is right. a Jedi yeah. and, like, you know... There's they, a lot of just regular people. They use blasters. They use blasters. Yeah. And unlike stormtroopers, these these bad guys can actually hit people. <laughs> <laughs> that makes them dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> and you wouldn't think it's interesting, but they also have like, you know, people trying to make political moves inside the empire, like that one woman. Right. Yeah. There's a a politician who's who's making moves and. Oh, that's right. There's also Mon Mothma. Yeah. 
and you, you kind of get us like she played a, a small part in like some of the movies, but this is like kind of how she got to where she got, you know. I liked in the heist part where it was going along, and I was like, "This plan is like, how is this going to work? It doesn't make sense." And then there was like a traitor on the inside, and it all came together. I was like, "Nice." Yeah, that was smart too. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, it's really a, a well put together show. Yeah, it feels like the there's a lot of really well fleshed out characters. Yeah. Now I got a question for you because I listened to um, I think Mark Marin he did a podcast with Tony Gilroy who's the guy who who created the show and he said the plan was to tell what happened in the five years leading up to the Rogue One movie okay and like he said and so like he said there was going to be like these time jumps right but he said when they started developing the show like they saw that this story they were telling. Like, just this section was going to take up, like, a whole season. Right. And so he said, like, now the plan is to have one more season, just one more season that that time, has time jumps that covers, like, the next, like, four years. Now, does that sound better to you? Or would you like maybe an even longer, like, series that, that explored those years in more depth, seeing as how what's set up in this one? It depends if... Uh... I would think they could go too fast, maybe, because he is developing, and it would be nice to see some of those. Like, you don't want to lose any of his arc in there. That's what I was thinking. Like, time jumps can be a little tricky. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if they're all like kind of one offs of him in different times and places where something important is happening, I could see it working. But if you're trying to get like four of those in a season, that just seems like a lot. See, that's my thing is like, in one season covering like a four year period, it seems like you would be losing some of the depth that you yeah. have in, in this uh, show. Yeah, you could probably flesh it out. If if the other seasons were as good as this one, you you could keep people in. I, How's the viewership on this one? Is it is so supposedly like I don't know what the numbers are because who knows? But apparently, not nearly as much as the other Star Wars shows. Right. Which again, I can understand because I can see like kids aren't gonna like this show. Yeah, you but, don't you don't have kind of the the flashiness. Yeah, it's not it's not a flashy show at all. But man, it's so good that it yeah, it, it, good. it always disappoints me when a good show like doesn't do good numbers. You know, you know what I mean. But yeah, we'll see. I, I'm I'm ready to stick with it. I like this. Uh, well, I think Boba Fett's at the bottom. Uh, the Obi Wan. I like this better than Obi Wan. Yeah, me too. Even though Obi Wan did have some stuff I liked, but and then. Did you like this better <clears throat> overall than The Mandalorian? <clears throat> I don't think so. I really like The Mandalorian. It, it's tough. I think I think I might like this show better, but it it does not have the fun factor of The Mandalorian. It's a little bit apples and oranges. It it really is. But I do really like really them both. Is. See, I almost feel like I want to see the Marvel show that's this tonally different than all the other Marvel stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just break out and do something else. It doesn't mean it has to be like super crazy grim or anything, but I would just like to see something that's so different in tone that you go, oh, wow, I didn't expect this. Yeah, something that doesn't have to necessarily fit in. Right. I can, I can see that happen. Like, <clears throat> I, I, I have faith that Marvel is going to make like a very diverse universe like that does have like its darkness and seriousness and then this lighthearted She-Hulk and like I, I think that's what they're trying to do. I do hope so. What was that one we just watched the uh 
The Werewolf, Werewolf by, by Night. By night yeah. That was a lot of fun. I, yeah. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing like just some like you know hour long specials like that one and the Guardian special that's yeah. coming up. I think maybe like next week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Werewolf is that's probably my favorite one they've done in a while. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to Loki season two next year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking forward to uh, this Kang, this Quantumania movie. Like, I'm curious to see it because I think they might have two Kangs in it. So I think we're gonna jump like you know pretty head first in this whole Kang situation. I I mean I do want to see it, but like it is an Ant Man movie, and like <laughs> the other Ant Man movies to me have been kind of a mediocre section of the MCU. So like I, fingers crossed, but. I mean, at least we do get like to see Kang and see, and he's going to be play a big part going forward. So that's an interesting hook, I guess, of seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I think they know that Ant Man is what it is. Like people have this kind of like it's it's like a B or C tier in Marvel, right? Right. But um, I that's why I think they put Kang in this movie because I think they're trying to like fix it up and make it jazzier and make it like more people interested in the character. I think just because it is an Ant-Man movie, it will be a pretty lighthearted movie. Yeah, yeah, likely will. Just because of Paul Rudd. Right. But I still am looking forward to it. And then I think um, that Secret Invasion show is next year. I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. Starring John Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> That's no secret about that. That's a callback. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some interesting stuff uh on the horizon entertainment wise so a lot to look forward to um before we guys get in before we get into stories do you guys got any uh other stuff you want to talk about any shows anything you can think of i I don't know if i talked about midnight mass on this uh podcast i I watched midnight club oh right and uh right after midnight club i watched midnight mass like a week later i know he watched that like it seems like that's a it's a stephen king spinoff or story well, Mike Flanagan did the uh, the remake of it, I guess. I'm not sure if it's Stephen King or who it might I, be. I could just be wrong. It kind of deals with, like, I didn't see it, but it kind of deals with, like, vampires or something. There's, right? like, a vampire. It's like it's uh, on the island, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like Christian. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, white. yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like this Christian view of, like, mm, like the um, what we think of vampires as, but they, like, mix it into their religion. Oh, okay. And they think of them as, like, an angel, and uh, it's just fascinating to see like you know like how devout christians like try to rationalize like their religion into like what's you know what seems like a, a dark thing that's happening around <laughs> <Right>. them <laughs> it was cool and and you know there's always that one character who's like overly devout who's like kind of creepy and right. you know, there's there's her in there <laughs> you'll see you get to hate her so but you liked his show it was a really good show really great uh i think rahul coley was he was the sheriff in the show he was really good um, everybody was really good. I thought the the preacher, the guy who plays the the priest, he's so you know he was very well acting. Um, just the whole show is well acted. Is he the same guy that's in that uh, Legion show? I, I don't know. I haven't seen that show. The oh the one on FX. Is it I Am Legion? No, it was just Legion that kind of X Men. Oh Legion! Oh right! Uh, no, no no no! The main character? Well, the preacher guy. Oh. I think it is. You know the guy in Legion with like the messed up eye yeah, and walks yeah. with a cane? Yeah, I think it is him. Okay. Um, I'm excited for Wednesday Adams. I think that comes out this week. You've been talking about I've that. Been like, waiting. Are you big like Adams Family guy or is it more like Tim Burton? I, re- I remember enjoying the Adams Family, but it, I don't know. I've been watching the, the uh, little adverts and stuff and it looks like it's going to be solid. And generally I do like 
He has a strong stylistic preferences and stuff, so I, mean, I generally appreciate it. Tim that. Burton's got a strong style, but I feel like his overall work is very uneven. Like, some of it's good, some of it's bad. Yeah, well, even with those guys, even if it's like there's a chance they're going to hit it out of the park, then I'm interested. Yeah, if I hear good things about it, I might check it out. I haven't heard much about it, actually. I, just, uh, I think I heard about it like a few months ago one time, and no advertising or anything like that. So. Yeah, I... <laughs> Netflix, I think, sometimes doesn't put a lot into advertising. Oh, it's like, going to be on Netflix? I think so. Yeah, it's Netflix. So, it seems like sometimes they just like drop shit and you're like, oh, okay, I guess it's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wonder if I don't give some of their original stuff enough of a chance. I miss the days when there were like ratings on things <laughs> where I could be like, oh, yeah, I'll give that a chance. Right. Or it's just like, oh, it's some title I've never heard of. And I'm like, eh, I can, I can live without it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't heard any like you know hoopla. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's so much like people make fun of Netflix because like they'll take anything. <laughs> you know. I mean, it was a probably a good strategy for a while, but I think they're going to have to uh, rein it in and, and make better content. find a way to get better content. Yeah. You know, I do wonder about that with Netflix because yeah, like you know, unfortunately, like every place under the sun made their own streaming service and took all their their stuff back so now with netflix like they do have to like start hooking people with their original stuff and like they have a huge subscriber base but but like are is what they're doing like good enough to sustain it yeah like their original shit yeah i mean they took such a market share and now you know it's uh they gotta switch gears a little bit i think they should definitely like advertise whatever good projects they're working on because like I don't hear about them at all. I don't know what's going on on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's pretty rare that I know what's coming out on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I said, sometimes I do get those emails. It's like, oh, we just added something you might like, but my algorithm's so screwed up from the stuff mom and dad has watched on my profile that it's usually like not something that appeals to me. Yeah, I feel mine's too tuned in. Like, it's too repetitive. It's like, you could give me some other random stuff. You don't have... The, they have too many of the same movies in different categories. Why is why does every streaming service do that? They got all these different categories, but then you're just seeing the same shows and movies in every single one of them. Yeah, it's not great design. And you're like, just give me an easy thing to see, like, A to Z, what you got available. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, something something better. It's not not perfect. It's not perfect. I don't even know if it's good. <laughs> like showing you like you know all the stuff they got. I mean, it's a hard problem in general, but yeah, it it's not it's not as good as it could be. Um, well, speaking of not as good as it could be, should we get to the stories for this? <laughs> How much time we got left? Good lord. Oh, we got about 25 minutes to burn. Ooh. I hope you got something. <laughs> well, we, we, just so you guys know, we, we do have some, we'll, we'll make something entertaining. But we were talking like it's been, since we did the uh, Wakanda review last week, we were like, oh, we got two weeks of stories we can dig through. And like all of us were like, boy, we're not finding very much. <laughs> but let's see what we got. So anyone who hasn't watched or listened, uh, we're going to go around the table here. Everybody's going to bring a wacky news story from around the globe. And we'll see if we can't just make something funny and or entertaining out of it. And as tradition dictates, AJ, we usually start with you. So what do you got for us? All right. A man formerly described as the world's dirtiest man has died soon after he was finally talked into taking a shower. 
Oh, yeah. I'm, you hear that? I'm the dirtiest man alive. <laughs> Amu Haji reportedly gave up washing 67 years ago after becoming convinced that it could bring him bad luck and even kill him. Sadly, he did, in fact, end up dying shortly after he had a shower, though no link has been established. State media, All his skin fell off. <laughs> state media said he died at the age of 94, although previous media reports about him in January this year said he was 87. The hermit, known as Amu Haji... Uh, a term of endearment for an older man uh, lived in Iran. He was known for his unusual lifestyle choices with the Tehran Times reporting in 2014 that he liked to eat raw roadkill, drink from puddles uh, and smoke a pipe filled with dry animal excrement when he ran out of tobacco. That's how you live to a ripe old age of 94. (laughs) Yeah, he got there. I mean, in 2018, he was pictured smoking four <laughs> cigarettes at once while covered in soot. Uh, t- t- here's some pictures of him. Uh, he said he believed washing uh, would bring him bad luck. A short documentary called The Strange Life of Amu Haji was made about him in 2013. As well as his hygiene habits, he was known for his good health, uh, with scientists even running tests on him last year to see if he had any diseases or parasites. <laughs> Dr. Golem Reza Malavi from the School of Public Health in Tehran said that they f- all they found was a trichinosis par- parasitic infection, which appeared to be causing no symptoms. Uh, he concluded that he must have remained so healthy by developing an extremely strong immune system. Strength-controlled <laughs> news agency IRNA said that after rebuffing requests to shower for years, he finally relented after being told that a wish that a wash would help him win more friends. Uh, they quoted a source saying, for the first time in a few months a few months ago, villagers had taken him to a bathroom to wash, but he became ill and then died at his home the, this weekend in Dejka, a village in Farj province. His funeral was due to take place today in Dirm Farash Bond. Uh, he was known as the world's richest. Let's hope it's not an open casket. <laughs> Can I close that somewhere? Well, he took a shower. That's what killed him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is a big win for dirty people. Cause like, <laughs> you see what happens? You see? Yeah. Villagers uh, believe that he decided to live in isolation after suffering from an emotional setback in his youth. Local media reported that he previously twice managed to avoid attempts to get him to wash. On one occasion, a group of local youth tried to take him to a bath before he ran away. And on a second occasion, men from the village put him in a car to drive him to the river but he opened up the car door and escaped while it was still moving <laughs> tuck and roll Man. after that they had given up until recently when they took uh, when they took this time to a proper bathroom and took him this time to a bath- proper bathroom and gave him a shower perhaps surprisingly given his remote lifestyle he was known to be well educated and even and one recent visitor discussed the pros and cons of the French Revolution with him and his views uh, on how well the Russian Revolution turned out for the people he also followed current affairs but complained that international publicity made life difficult for him and although his neighbors respected him he said people turned up occasionally to taunt him and even throw stones at him Sad ending. That sucks. But. I, I feel like this guy had the like the Three Stooges syndrome that Mr. Burns had, where like so many diseases that you're trying to get in at once, <laughs> they get blocked in the door. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This guy. Uh, I'm he, convinced. I'm I'm done showering. I'm just gonna go, go dirty. I mean, we we Gotta live get like those that natural for a long oils. Time. Yeah. Maybe then my work will let me work exclusively <laughs> from home. <laughs> or they'll try to forcibly drive you to a shop. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but uh, yeah, I don't know. 
There's uh, there's pros and cons on both sides, I guess. <laughs> Gotta get dirty. <laughs> um. All right. Do we dare tread over to the manifesto? Oh, tread is a good word. Here's a, a short one for you. Steve Jobs worn out Birkenstock sell for two hundred eighteen thousand dollars at auction. Uh, is it that guy who bangs the uh, footwear? <laughs> <laughs> Is a the lesbian museum of uh <laughs> How did Birkenstocks ever get associated with lesbians? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but that clip from like a uh hundred thousand dollar pyramid is is funny. Where oh, right. he has, he's like, These are those things that lesbians wear and the guy's just instantly like Birkenstocks <laughs> <laughs> And that's the game. <laughs> well, what would it have been? What was the answer? <laughs> lesbians wear flannel. Well, apparently, apparently Birkenstocks. <laughs> I think you said these are those sandals that lesbians wear. <laughs> uh, but I mean, who worships Steve Jobs enough that they're like, oh yeah, I want his dirty Birkenstocks? Yeah. I don't know, man. Just because uh, it was the guy from that last story. He's like, they're so dirty. <laughs> I can wa- I can wear these. <laughs> these fit my uh, aesthetic. <laughs> Your CEO is that just like an intimidation uh, game? <laughs> it's a mind game. Like I went I went in and asked for a raise, but then he was wearing these these Birkenstocks, and I was like, no. <laughs> if he's dressed like that, then I can't dress better than him. <laughs> Nice shoes, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus wore sandals. Think you're better than Jesus? I mean, if they can get that much out of his crusty old Birkenstocks, like, some of these women should be able to sell their... I know, these women should probably sell their panties for, like, insane, and even more insane amounts than they're getting out of them. Like, what if J-Lo got into that business or somebody, you know? Yeah. Sell some good panties. I don't understand people, man. <laughs> How? What would you pay for a, a pair of original Ruth Bader Ginsburg's? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> um, well, speaking of like, how much would you pay for something? How much would you guys pay for an emotional support bear? Because some women are paying $160 for them. Uh, single people and those doing long distance can now get an emotional support bear for $160. Are you lonely as hell? Are you sick of cuddling up to sweaty men to find they snore and fart in their sleep? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I knew it. Well, we have a solution for you. Uh, let us introduce you to the Loving Bear Puffy, the man-sized emotional support bear that is here for all your cuddling needs. So if you're doing it long distance, you're single, or you just need a little spoon every once in a while, this bear is for you. We won't lie, the human-like arms of this massive plush teddy uh, are mildly horrifying. Now, they do have a picture of this thing, but the picture on here, like, the arms are covered up. But I saw another picture of of one where the whole thing looks like a bear, but then it has, like, my my arms, like, human-looking, like, hairy arms. And I'm like, what woman would want that? Is there a person inside this thing? (laughs) No, but look, look at this thing. Like, it's like... Like a person length, like it's like a bear head on a man mannequin. Yeah, but it does have like you know 
like bare legs and she, I don't know. It's really weird. I'm not sure why, but like recently the algorithm's been trying to uh, give me the ads on the on the on the internets, and I've been getting like the uh, the boob and the butt pillows. Eh. I'm like, where is this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> it knows me too well. Phones <laughs> been checking you out. <laughs> you know what's weird is, and I I don't remember ever looking. Because when I go to Facebook, I just, like, look at the family's feed, you know, whatever they yeah. put in there. Facebook did this, this thing where they start, like, recommending videos. But it apparently thinks I'm, like, a huge pervert because, like, it keeps recommending these ones with, like, women basically getting as naked as Facebook will allow, I guess. And, like, they, they keep playing these ones with, like, busty chicks. And, you, you know, those, like... <laughs> Maybe you <clears throat> stop watching them. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know those, like, like... he paused on this thumbnail for two hours. I guess. You know those, like, amusement park rides where it, like, slingshots, like, the people, like, up and oh, it yeah, goes yeah, back, yeah. you know, up and down. So, like, it keeps having, like, you know, busty women, right. like, in those. I've seen those. And I'm like... What did I watch initially <laughs> that it keeps, like, giving me these? It's, uh, I don't know. I, no, and, they, and if you click on them, where does it go to? <laughs> that's a trick that they all do. I had that with the YouTube shorts. Like, when my when I first started seeing YouTube shorts, it was just a bunch of busty, half-dressed women, like, <laughs> doing stuff. I was like, why am I seeing? Like, what is this? They're just they're like, we know what guys maybe like. Maybe they don't, they don't know you, and they're just like, we're going to play the odds on this. <laughs> that's what it that's is. That's probably what it is. That's probably what it is. Um... Uh, okay, uh, if you can look past the the horrifying hairy arms and the price tag of 160 U.S. dollars, you're in for a, an A-grade snuggle session. The massive man bear is the brainchild of Bulgarian company Puffy Bear, with the product described as a very personal product invented by an ordinary woman who is afraid of being alone. Hey, at least uh, they are brutally honest. The bear stands at 170 centimeters in height and replaces the need for physical presence. The massive teddy can also be easily positioned thanks to weighing in at a mere 3.2 kilograms. Puffy Bear explained why they decided to create the massive man-sized teddy. We women are often left alone for various reasons, a Puffy Bear representative said. Uh, the, um, the brand added... That's why Puffy is made with a human shape and size to replace as much as possible the lack of physical presence when we need a hug or lean. Uh, user reviews have been rather positive. One review from a woman named Leah said, The first few days I felt a bit strange until I got used to his presence because he seems like a real person. But now I can't imagine walking in and him not being home. Another reviewer named Carrie said, Since Puffy has been with me, I fall asleep much easier and faster. I love its softness and the sense of security it gives me. Susan admitted to being a grown adult that is still afraid of the dark, adding, I've always been afraid of the dark, but since he's been in the bedroom, I feel like I've stopped being afraid. Susan added, and the noises outside don't startle me. I just snuggle into it and fall asleep without problems. <laughs> they should startle you. You should definitely be aware of the noises. Yeah, there's like a fucking crook in your home. She's like, ah, I feel so good. He walks in and sees somebody with like a, a grown-ass man teddy bear. And he's like, back like, away, not today. <laughs> you out crazy. Dude. Not today, bitch. <laughs> So while his arms might uh, look like the stuff of nightmares, Puffy Bear seems to uh, to keep the scaries at bay. Good for you, Puffy Bear. I mean... <sighs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of Puff Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eventually, this uh, is going to change its name to Pea Berry or all this stupid shit. By the way, uh, Puff Daddy, uh, did he ever settle on a name? Is, P, he went to P. Diddy. Is and, he Diddy now? Is, is he, he just, just Diddy? Diddy? I thought. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, well, God no one's damn, talked what about What didn't him. Diddy do? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like most women who buy this probably have like a furry fetish. But the, the thing is, it seems like you could get like a, a layabout boyfriend who just sat on the couch all day. <laughs> that seems like it'd be pretty easy uh, <laughs> a goal you could have. I'm yeah, just, ladies, I don't, I don't cost one hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> I can just get a dog. I mean, that's pretty much what you're asking for in this situation. It's a living thing. That's that's true. And a dog, dog actually might better, fight yeah. off like an yeah. attacker, you know. <clears throat> but it didn't say if this teddy bear had like a schlong under the jogging pants. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, if it doesn't, that's going to be their next invention. <laughs> that's an extra. That's well, I mean, then we would be obsolete. We would have to go to war with women and these bears. <laughs> <laughs> we go to war with the bears. <laughs> <laughs> bears are winning. <laughs> We're going to burn down the puffy bear factory. <laughs> it's stealing all of our, our women. That's the AI, is a teddy, grown teddy bear. <laughs> Save some bitches for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't compete with <laughs> a bear with a dick. Come on. <laughs> Maybe we should just start uh like buy some bear suits and see yeah. if we can get lucky. $160. <laughs> uh well, that was my story. AJ, you got another one for us in the hopper? Let's see what we got here. Oh yeah. Uh this one's okay. All right, let's go with this one. Um, a woman explained what it felt like when she was in a coma after being hospitalized uh, last year, and it sounds like the weirdest dream ever. When a viral TikTok about the sensation of being in a coma started doing the rounds in, on social media, Kaylee Francis decided to share her own memories of the freak experience. Kaylee explained how she was in a 10-day coma back in January 2021 after a serious asthma attack, but her brain was convinced she had been awake the entire time. The story will fully make you doubt your own surroundings, so read on caution. Uh, Kaylee decided to share her coma after spotting a viral tweet which read, I just saw a TikTok where somebody talked about uh, what it's like to be in a coma, that you could feel time, have dreams, and literally just stuck, just feel stuck. Oh my God. Uh, the general assumption for those lucky enough to have never been in a coma is that it would uh, feel a lot like a really long sleep. Kaylee explained what it was like to be in a coma. Uh, just, Kaylee backed up. Uh, has backed up with viral TikTok story confirming that in her personal experience being in a coma feels like you're wide awake I was in a coma and I felt like I was alive living my life she wrote uh, no idea I was in a coma whatsoever I'm thinking it differs from person to person that being said Kaylee did not uh, did go into go on to share how during the coma she was convinced she had joined a cult uh, she had woken up uh, she was certain the doctors and nurses were treating uh, treating her were part of it uh, so her perception of reality wasn't crystal clear uh, naturally Kaylee was flooded with questions from curious strangers who were mind blown by this new information offering some further background Kaylee explained yeah it was a crazy experience I have asthma my medicine wasn't working my boyfriend just called the ambulance I believe at this point I was unconscious I went into lung failure I had COVID and RSV uh, respiratory I'm not going to try to say it uh, developed pneumonia I was in a coma for 10 days 
Uh, when I woke up, I thought I was in an accident, like a car accident of some sort. Uh, you're all laughing, but when I was woke, when I woke up, I was hallucinating. Uh, she asked if uh, asked if she could hear anything while she was under. Uh, she replied, "No. They they said they placed me and uh, they placed music uh, by me. They talked to me. My boyfriend also set up FaceTime. Uh, he read to me every night. I never heard a thing." Uh, asked if uh, she felt like she had been in a weird limbo for ten days. Kaylee said no. She she didn't elaborate on that one. Um, it, it all sounds pretty freaky, but if you ask Kaylee, this toughest part of waking up from a coma, she recalled feeling scared, like she wants to escape when she came to, but she didn't have the strength to walk. That took me literally two weeks to walk slowly, she said. Uh, I couldn't even feed myself. My nurses had to feed me for the first week. I was peeing in a tube, TMI. But yeah, it was horrible. Uh, as with every story uh, told on Twitter, Kaylee did have some uh, didn't happen accusations, but had a pretty solid response to non-believers. If it happens again, I'll remember to take a selfie for you. I mean, that's horrifying, though, man. Like, if you're actually like kind of awake or can sense everything around you in a coma, that that sounds like people who have been in like 30, 40 year comas. That could be torture, man. I mean, just the fact that you can be in a coma that long is crazy. Yeah. Man, can you imagine losing, like, decades of your life in a coma, and then all of a sudden you're awake, and you're like, <laughs> that would fuck with you bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know many cases of that. Are there cases of people waking up from decades-long coma? I think there are, actually. Dang. Yeah, the longer it goes, the, the worse your chances. But, yeah, there are cases of people been in a coma for a long time and woke up. I want to see once I saw, like, a movie... They had, like, Reba McIntyre, and she woke up from, like, a 20-year coma. I have no idea what the fuck it was. This sounds like Lifetime. It yeah. could have been. It could, I could have been so. I'm sure it was something either my mom or my sister subjected me to. <laughs> oh, those are a war on men. Those ABC <laughs> oh, family God. and Lifetime oh, Hallmark. <laughs> I know. I know. Torture. <laughs> Man. Yeah, Lifetime movies. <sighs> They're rough. <laughs> Well, we still got some time. Manifesto round two. How much time? (laughs) Okay, I don't usually just read articles. I might just read this one. So I was looking up uh, stories of weird people in history. So we'll start with this guy, Terrer. A French peasant boy known today as Terrer was born near Lyon, France in 1772. From an early age, he was insatiably hungry and cried for food even if he just finished a meal. At age 17, the gluttonous yet emaciated Terrer snuck into village barns to eat the livestock's feed. He had an unusually large mouth, was always sweating, and emitted a putrid stench. Terrer's parents kicked him out, and he found himself in Paris right before the French Revolution. He parlayed his uncontrollable hunger into a career, eating strange things for gathering crowds. He ate all types of unpalatable objects, including live animals and even large stones. However, the money dried up when the French Revolution began. Terrer became a soldier, but unsurprisingly, he was chronically ill from compulsively eating stray cats and non-food items. Oh, I thought they were going to say he was like eating the downed enemies. (laughs) Well, he said he was like eating trash and stuff. The field hospital reluctantly fed him a quadruple ration until uh, one of the generals saw a unique opportunity. So he came to Terrer about being a spy, and basically the idea was... He was going to eat these secret messages because he could eat pretty much anything. And uh, he'd courier the messages that way in his stomach. So uh, he agreed to this, and he ingested a wooden box containing a note for an imprisoned French colonel. 
uh, Trier crossed Prussian lines and within 30 hours was captured, uh, had betrayed France, and was savagely beaten. (laughs) 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 The the Prussians dumped Trier close to the French lines and he returned to the military hospital, where he resorted to drinking stored blood and nibbled on the dead residing in the morgue. He was suspected of eating a toddler, and when he never outright denied it, the hospital chased him out. Wait, wait, so so what was the deal with the wooden box? Was he going to shit it out? I mean, I don't know if it was regurgitation or coming out the back end, but uh, that was his job. (laughs) Man, this guy must have had like a stomach of steel. I mean, the wooden it wouldn't choke him on the way down. Like, like I don't know. He was like compulsively eating just all the time. Crazy. Um, so he died around the age of twenty-seven. His autopsy revealed festering intestines and an entire body that was putrefied and filled with pus. Ugh. Yeah, I can imagine that. It's- yeah, just eating everything. They said his digestive system was frequent freakishly mutated. His stomach began at the back of his throat and continued all the way down. His stomach was so big that his heart and lungs were displaced. That's crazy. So, do you think he was born with a weird stomach, or did eating all that stuff just stretch his stomach out in weird ways? I would guess there's probably stretching, because he's just compulsively eating, like he always feels hungry. But also, at the same time, like he must not be absorbing what he needs out of the food or something. Yeah, he's got to have a weird condition where, like, if if he always feels hungry, then some, some sort of... Yeah. Reaction isn't happening that's supposed yeah, to. Right, there's something. But yeah, it sounded like he just like, yeah, probably his whole stomach was just stretched through his whole like torso. And he was Jeez. just like constantly shoving shit in and could never get full. Man, he was born messed up, man. That's what it sounds like yeah. to me. But if he's eating like wood and weird shit, yeah, I can imagine that he, when it goes into it, gets into his intestines, it's probably causing yeah, scares on the other side. And. You would think this guy would be in crazy pain when he takes shits and stuff. Yeah. I bet his asshole was as big as his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've watched a competitive eater, and, like, one of the things they do is, like, like they'll just drink, like, a gallon of water to stretch out their stomach so they can hold, you know, however much they want to hold. But, um, yeah, apparently his stomach is stretched out. But, yeah, that, that eater that I watch, like, he'll eat, and then he'll skip a couple of days and go without eating because he just... Eight, like God knows how much, but he's like, yeah, there's some, you know, pretty epic shits. There. <laughs> some work on the back end. <laughs> Man, this guy sounds like a monster, like literally a yeah. human monster. Like he's eating just random animals, he eats Cats, dead people. people what, what's children? the toddler? He, do you think the toddler that he may have ate was at least dead first? <laughs> well, it sounded like a toddler went missing. Oh Jesus! Yeah. And like they 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 couldn't prove it was him. <laughs> But he didn't even deny it. But he did deny it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not not saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say hypothetically, I ate a kid. Would that be bad? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the 1600s. Everybody eats kids. <laughs> the kids get lost, man. It was a different time, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there were, you assume there's times in human history if, like, a kid went missing, you like, what resources do you have? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, this guy was just genetically built to not do well. Yeah, so he had something seriously messed up. Yeah. I mean, they got, it's, it almost, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know if it's a TLC show or what it is, but, like, you know, like the woman who eats mattresses and like mm, the guy right. who eats glass and they This eat guy's just like 
anything. Rats, garbage, <laughs> like whatever you put it in front of him, it's going down the hole. Well, I watch competitive eaters all the time. Like you know, they they put down like amazing amounts yeah. of food. But this guy, I imagine, he would put them to like shame. Like it just they make it sound like it's like twenty four hours a day, yeah. just like shoveling if, it in. If he was eating the feed from animals. Like that's nuts, man. But you know, like the competitive eaters, like most of them will stretch out to like a gallon size or something, which you figure that's pretty big. But like this guy was like all the way from his throat. Yeah. Do they ever mix like competitive eating with like hot peppers? (laughs) Like, yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of eating challenges. They're spicy. Yeah. Spicy challenge. They have like, uh, I know in the UK, they have like these, uh, these pepper competitions where they start out with like these lower level heat and they go all the way to like the reapers or whatever the hottest peppers now and they eat like two or three of them at once you know god can you imagine the shits those guys take i'll try (laughs) (laughs) i want to wipe it away but i don't want to (laughs) it's like burning through their paper toilet paper (laughs) they have like a special bidet that's spraying their asshole with milk (laughs) you gotta like uh, get some uh baking soda and like (laughs) an ice powder yourself Well, guys, we did it. We made it past the hour. It was a stretch today. <laughs> yeah, not not great. You think the midterms just sucked all the uh, the life out of the universe? Maybe. Oh, that one uh, ballot initiative passed, so they can't punish us with slavery. All right. Uh, well, they can't call it that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they at least won't call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just cross it out and put working for the state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you guys got anything else before we wrap this bad boy up? God of War looks good. Play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, uh, everybody, uh, we thank you very much for watching and listening and playing along. If you will, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, to the uh, podcast and uh, the audio version on your podcast surface of choice. Uh, Leave us comments. We like hearing from you guys. Uh, Leave us thumbs up, positive reviews, all that good stuff. And uh, (laughs) man, are are you guys, do you think we should switch from Twitter? Twitter's getting a lot of heat these days. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Let's hope it's around. I don't know. Yeah. We'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) Well, while it's still around, why not uh, do the last thing you might do on there and come and follow us? Guys, where can people find you on Twitter? A name for this too, and that's the number two. At unsolicited S-U-G. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one.